Black people always want more. That's the problem. We we not satisfied with with what we got from him. Like appreciate, we need to appreciate that he even came to Jackson State in the first place and and put HBCUs on the map. Let's be real. That's what he did. Wait, did he? Because at the end of the day, no one can replicate what he did. You can't hire another coach like Deion Sanders who's going to come in and do what he did. They feel, they feel betrayed. They feel like the rug was pulled out from underneath them, right? Just because of the fact that they thought they had a chance at it. They thought it was. There's a chance that HBCU sports would be, brought, would be brought back to prominence and through Deion Sanders. And before it could even happen, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what you know about Benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear. They rep a judge, the vision is clear. Diamonds glisten like a chandelier. You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch. It clutch time, we do not flinch. Real brothers, we do not switch. Hit home runs with the right pitch. Who run the city? What to do when they're hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010. Taking an L, all I need is a win. This is his business, you know how they go. You playing the seats, now it's time to grow. Tune in now, gotta be in the know. Showtime, bitch, my butter blow. We know. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob ENT podcast. We got episode 221, big three in the building, fourth member, doing grown man, family man, father of the year stuff right now. CJ, Cincinnati's very own. How are you doing tonight? You see it? You see it? Right there, man. Big three Monday. I know y'all seen the game yesterday. I'm feeling, I'm feeling very good today. Bengals top three in the NFL. Don't at me. Greg, Mr. Hot Takes, the bitch your mother sends me. How you living? I'm good, bro. Tired, but I'm good. I'm ready to get you said, into it. You said tie? Tired, but I'm good. Oh, tired. I, tie, tie, tie. Yeah, tie 20. I don't give a damn about that. Yo, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. That shit, that shit pissed me off. It was the only time I had to myself that was last weekend. I spent watching those idiots tie tie with the, the stupid commandos. I they were supposed to win. What? I said, I thought you said they wasn't commanding anything, but apparently Heineke been hearing you. They're gonna, you know, it's gonna come down to the Giants in that commanders game on Sunday night football. And, and yeah. to get into the playoffs, and Giants are probably gonna win that game because the the commanders aren't good. They should, the, the Giants gift wrapped them the game and they didn't take it. But we'll talk about it. The Giants also suck for that, but, you know, a whole different conversation. We got to start off with Cincinnati, the team that won. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. This is the third time in a row that they beat the Chiefs. This is all in this calendar year. Come on. Four-game winning streak. In that span, Joe Burrow has only been sacked five times in the four-game winning streak. Are the Bengals a dark horse contender? to win a Super Bowl, or are they a favorites now in the AFC? I'll let, I'll let him talk with his Bengals hat on. Can you try to save it for the last, like, like I'm going to pull you when we talk about Giants. No, nah, I want to hear, hear what they got to say first. I want to hear what they got to say first. Nah, man. Look, when, when you when you talk about dark horse teams, do you think the dark horse is, is the teams that you don't expect to – to, to win anything, right? The teams that you expect to come out of nowhere and, and win something. 
the Bengals aren't that team. The Bengals are showing that they're one of the top teams in the league right now, taking down the Chiefs yesterday. And as you mentioned, Burrow's the only quarterback to go three straight matchups against Mahomes and win all three matchups, right? So what that tells me is Burrow's elite. And if you look at what he's been doing this year alone and the stress that he's on these past five games, he's playing out of his mind. He's playing at an extremely high level. And yesterday was so exciting to see as a, as a Bengals fan just because of the fact that you, you finally see a complete team. You see a complete team in all phases of the game, defense, special teams, the offense is clicking. We know what they can do. And the play calling, let's talk about the play calling. We, we got to give credit to, to Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, for being able to make tra- – uh, first of all, hold Travis Kelsey to zero catches in the first half, only four catches in the second half, and you get the pressure on, on Patrick Mahomes early. This team's exciting and, and – Look, we, we've proven that we can play with the best of them, and the Bengals play their best football this time of year. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do, but I'm not, I'm not counting my, my chickens before they hatch. Looking at the Bengals on how they played yesterday, I feel it's really a three-team race in the AFC. is Bengals, Chiefs, Bills. Um, that's how I view it right there. Joe Burrow's playing good. Samaji so P. Ryan. Let's talk about it. Has been balling with Joe Mixon out. I wanted to ask you, do you feel Samaji P. Ryan is the better option starting going forward, kind of like what you see with the Tony Pollard should start in Dallas? Because Samaji P. Ryan, the thing that he gives y'all that y'all haven't really got from Joe Mixon, Samaji averaging around six catches a game on top of getting like 100 yards rushing. He... <laughs> He a threat in the receiving game, too. Don't do this to me, Tom. Don't do this to me, Tom. It's funny you mentioned that, yo. I was talking to my dad yesterday, and I told him after the game, I said, look, at this point, the way things are clicking right now with Samaje in, and I've always been a fan of Samaje. Yo, what people don't know, Samaje and Joe Mixon played together at Oklahoma. They've been around each other for a long time. They was teammates at Oklahoma. So they've been in that backfield together. You know what I'm saying? They, they have that chemistry in the backfield together, but – Yo, at, right now, the way things are going, Samaja got to do something to, to mess up, to take him out of there. Even if Joe gets cleared, he's going to get cleared this week, concussion protocol, he's going to get thrown back into the mix. You, you still need to find a way to incorporate Samaje, like the Dallas Cowboys, that was a great analogy that you gave, incorporated Tony Pollard with, with Ezekiel Elliott. He deserves his playing time. He deserves his touches. You see what happens when he gets the ball. The one thing I love about that I think differentiates the two, Joe Mixon brings his own game. He's a power back and things like that. But Samaje, he can also bring the physicality, but there's no hesitancy. When he gets that ball, he hits that hole 100 miles an hour, and that's what I love about him. He's very shifty as well, and he also has extremely soft hands coming out of the backfield, and he's a reliable catcher. And when he when he catches the ball on the in the flat and on those swing routes, he catches it, and he goes full steam ahead. You saw the, the stiff arm he did yesterday against uh, Reed after Reed was talking all that, all that smack prior to the game, man. So – Look, I'm I'm all for keeping some IJM. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's clearly something going. You know, he had three touchdowns two games ago, two touchdowns last week, I believe. I don't think he had any touchdowns yesterday, but he had 106 yards on the ground. The, the team is rolling right now, and a big chunk of that is because of him. Anything you, you took away from that Bengals-Chiefs game? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it just it, it shows me that Joe Burrow is who I thought he was. Okay, like Joe Burrow said last week, he said he. I guess I. I guess I am who I thought I was. Um, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I've been felt that way. I, you know, apparently, you know, CJ and his dad <laughs> don't agree with me. They think that I, I'm talking crazy about Joe Burrow on the podcast. If so, I need to hear it. See tape because I've been really positive enough, really positive and upbeat about Joe Burrow. Since la- beginning of last year, I said he could be that dude. He's that dude. There's, I don't have any questions about Joe Burrow, really. It's more about the offensive line. I want to talk about the Bengals and the fact that they are the Bengals. I'll say negative things about them, but it's never about Joe Burrow being, you know, him or being really, really good. He's, he's amazing. He's a, he's a superstar player. He's a franchise quarterback. And I think a lot of their success revolves around him. Bottom line, the offensive line did play a lot better from what I've seen, too. They look, they look good. He kept them clean. From what I can see, the running games, you know, when the running game gets going, that's a clear indication of your, your offensive line getting better. So they're, they're a Super Bowl favorite. They're a team that can get out the AFC. They can beat anybody. They can beat the, the Bills, too. All right. It's it's going to be fun to watch those teams go to head, head to head. Like you said, Bengals. I think you may have said Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs, right? It's your top three. It is between those three teams. And I think any one of those teams that gets out is going to beat the NFC opponent because the NFC is not strong this year. So I think it's that's where you're, where you're looking at this year. But they're a lot of fun. I, I, there's not much you can say. There's not many holes with them. Especially defensively, they're really, really good. Defensive, and you have Eli Apple playing defense for you. That's not a lot when you're really, really good defensively, and you have Eli Apple playing defense for you. So they hey, hey, I'll say this though: Eli Apple's found a home this year. He's paid his rent this year. Last year he was sleeping on dudes' couches, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 he was just finding a way to get in the building. This year, this year he's paid his rent. He he's earned his spot this year. He he's not getting beat deep. He's making good plays on the ball, and he looks like he he's figured out like a home in this in this defense. So I'm happy with the way he's playing. And and you you mentioned the offensive line. One quick thing I'll say there. Look, I I didn't know what to expect of them early on this year. There was no chemistry, and and there was a ton of misses by Leo Collins on on that right side. But this year, uh, or or this these past few weeks, they, they've got it going. They, they've got it going and, and they look like they figured it out too. So th- that that's exciting because that's what we missed in the playoffs last year. Right. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm ready to make some noise. Hey, I'm a believer, I'm a believer in uh, Cincinnati and I agree with Greg. I was talk, talking to a couple people today in the DMS cause they was all hyped about, Oh yeah. Baker's a free agent. Now he's going to the 49ers. I'm like that don't matter. Honestly. He goes to the 49ers. Baker is not beating the Eagles. And if by some way they beat the Eagles, they are not beating the Bengals, Bills, or Chiefs. Whoever comes out the AFC, straight like that. Neither is Jalen Hurts. Nobody in the NFC is jacking with these three teams, straight like that. I would be very interested to see Baker go to the 49ers, though. Like when it when they came across that he'd been waived, um, and I thought that Ian Rappaport said that he'd asked to be waived too. Um, the team I thought about was the 49ers right away, and I'm sure he thought about it too and probably wants to end up there considering their injury situation. Um, but I think it'd be interesting. I think if there's any guy who can fix him, it might be Shanahan. So it's your last chance. It's his last chance wherever he goes next. And I, I bet we're going to see him go to the 49ers. I just think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's the best quarterback available. I don't know who else you can go. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who else you can go get out here right now. Cam Newton. Um, That'd be that'd be a joke. He's he, he keeps funky ass at home. He can't funky ass at home. All right? <laughs> <Give me up. laughs> but yeah, I think I think um him to him to the 49ers make a lot of sense with that run game and the Eagles deep run deep. The defense 
the problem is their is the run defense. They really struggle with run defense. So a team like the 49ers could still take advantage of them. And defensively, the, the 49ers are they're really good. They can still get, they can still get the Super Bowl. They can still get there even with Baker as their quarterback. To be honest, it doesn't it won't it wouldn't slow them down that much. They'll miss they'll miss Jimmy though. But the run game, the defense they have, they do the things they have to do really really well at an elite level. And you're gonna need those things when it's cold outside and the playoffs and all that good stuff. So your your belief though is more so on Shanahan. Yeah, it's not Baker. It's not about Baker. I just think he can save Baker. He can make with the with the run game and all these things around him. You saw him with the Browns. It kind of looked like that. But the 49ers are a better team than the Browns are. They have more talent at all levels. So it's just just imagine that amplified. I think he would be able to fit in because all you're asking Baker to do is not screw it up. And I think that he can probably do that. I think he can do that enough to get you to the Super Bowl with a team that's talented. Hey, but Purdy's performance this past week, he showed that he can he can get you there too. He showed that he he can't screw it up either. Purdy, Mister Mister Irrelevant, the the guy from uh a dude the dude who took over over in, in, in San yeah Fran? yeah he 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 made he made some really really good throws right some some the throws that you like to talk about what are, what are those throws Greg the the layered throws that you talk about Daniel yeah. Jones makes so much he made he made some really good layered oh, throws dropping it play. over the defender putting putting it right in the basket and he put some touchdowns right and that's against a Miami defense too so let's see what let's see what he can do they also signed Josh Johnson from uh who was he backing up he was on the Broncos right yeah. uh, this is third stint this is third stint with the 49ers I'm about to say he he's been everywhere them. he's been everywhere though. He has yeah. the record. He's been on 14 teams in a 13-year career. That's wild. He just made a He's racking up a, a middle contract, racking them up. That's a 14, 14 teams in a 13-year in a 13-year career. That's wild. No, that's disgusting. We talking about playoffs. We could stay in the AFC. AFC right now, a couple teams that are surprising. We was talking about Josh McDaniels on the hot seat. They three and zero since. Derek Carr was crying at the press conference. That might have motivated them. You got the Jets. They lost. They're 7-5. and five. They currently have the last playoff spot. The Browns, the Raiders, and the Chargers with the Pats. Do you think any of these teams get in there for that last playoff push? The Raiders are the team that stands out to me in that pack. Um, and the Browns make some noise, too, with the, with the Deshaun being back. But He looked terrible. Um, he, looked he, looked he didn't look good, but I think it's going to take time, two years out. You know, give him the Ben Simmons treatment, guys. Like, that's the way I, I talk about it. I mean, if you can get over the whole, you know, sexual assault situation with him, you got to look at it like the Ben Simmons situation where it just took him time to get back. I mean, that you, you two years, you didn't play football. So, you know, I think he'll, he'll find a groove, but it might be too late. Either way, I think out of all those few teams you named, the Raiders are a team to me that can make a run at this thing. Because you've got Devontae just playing at a ridiculous level and – their defense is playing better these days, but their car is making plays. They're playing good football over there. So, and I think the big thing for them is like the, when your owner comes out and gives you a vote of confidence like that publicly and says, "Hey, you know, you're not going anywhere. We're not. We're not. We're not firing anybody. Right? We believe in you. All right. Well, then you coach a little more carefree. Everyone's a little more carefree. Everyone's a little less uptight because their jobs are on the line. And that's what you're seeing right now. So I think that's why you're gonna. There's a good chance to make a run at this thing, and hopefully. It doesn't come at the Jets fans' expense, but it, it could. And that, that's the interesting part about all of this. They may not, they may win out. Who knows? I don't know what their schedule is, but they could win out. They got the talent to do it. Out of those teams, I think the Raiders have the best chance. And it would probably have to be the Jets 
fall out of the playoffs because mm-hmm. the Dolphins, they lost, and you kind of could have predicted that in a sense. The Dolphins' defense, if you look at these stats, when the Dolphins play D and away games, they average about – they're giving up around 32, 33 points a game. They don't – their defense does not travel. Thing is, they got a healthy QB that I think is a head and shoulders above Mike White, as great as Mike White has been for the Jets because of Zach Wilson was that terrible. I'm still going to, as long as Tua not throwing up gang signs, I'm choosing Tua over Mike White to be able to get him to the playoffs. And with how Derek Carr is playing with, again, Devontae, I, I, they were off to a bad, slow start, but Devontae Adams is still – he's a top three wide receiver. In case people forgot, he's a top yeah. three. He's a top three wide receiver. I think he's he's leading the league in uh, touchdown receptions. And this is a rocky season for him and still leading the league in touchdown receptions. He's been running people's fantasy numbers up. Up. Him and Josh Jacobs is, is on a tear as of late. So yeah. Raiders probably be able to get into the, on the NFC side. <clears throat> um, oh, by the way, on Deshaun Watson, too, we, I think we're going to have to – if you're saying be patient, you're going to have to be patient another week because he get his first end-division game against the Bengals this week. So he get your, – your, your, your game to get busy was against the Texans. You guys see the Bengals who are on a roll right now as your first end division game? Nah, bro. I guess I'll play devil's advocate real quick, though. Joe Burrow still has something to prove this week. He's never beat the Browns. Never, never beat the Browns. So you're muted, bro. You're muted. Your point is my point. I was going to say that um, it's an end division game, so anything can happen. Deshaun can go out there and throw 400 yards for all we know. It's just weird. Like, Giants-Eagles this weekend isn't easy to pick because it's an individual game. The, the Eagles should smack them. It should, be, it, should be dis- it should be destruction. But it may not go that way. <laughs> individual games are very odd. You know that. Game- hey, hey, look. Put it this way. The Bengals won six out of their last seven games. Who would we lose to? The Browns. And we lost bad. I feel y'all going to have some – it's yeah. an individual game, but I feel y'all going to be – It should be. A different level. It should be a different level of focus. Yeah. And I just don't – I don't see it, you know, doing too well for for Deshaun. That's a tough. That's a tough. Your second game back, you haven't played in three years. Essentially, okay. haven't played in three years, and you got to see the Bengals as your second game back. You was busy, and you struggled against the Texans. Exactly. Now you got to play a real defense. Come on. You was busy trying to impersonate Bill Cosby to your best best ability in the last couple of years. So. <laughs> Now you got to refocus and play football again. So I know that that's got to be tough. The Giants tied with the Commanders. The Giants, though, currently have the last playoff spot. Washington, because of that tie, are no longer in the playoffs if it started today. The Detroit Lions, they won their game. 49ers, we already talked about them. But playoff hopes may not. The Super Bowl talks may, may not happen, depending if how Baker plays. Seattle currently has that last playoff spot, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you see getting into the playoffs for the NFC? Giants, Seattle, Washington, and Detroit. Is those four teams basically fighting for the last two spots? Seattle. 
Yeah, I think you guys. So Seattle's guys. one. And it, 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 how many spots? It's two between how many spots? It's two spots. So yeah, Seattle, two, spots. two spots. So the so right now, right? So based off of the statistics, they're saying the Eagles right now have like a hundred percent chance to make the playoffs. Minnesota has about like a 97% chance to make the playoffs. San Fran, they I think there was an 85% chance. Tampa Bay is up in the air because it's basically whoever wins that division. They're not getting two teams out of that division. And then it's Dallas, their spot is at 87% too. So it's literally the sixth seed and the seventh seed is what everybody's fighting for, which right now, Giants are the sixth seed, Seattle's the seventh seed. But Washington is seven, five, and one, and Detroit is five and seven, winning the last four out of their five. I'm gonna say Giants in Seattle. I'll say Seattle could jump over the Giants though, and are likely to jump over the Giants, and the Giants will squeak in. Um, I, I think that's how it's gonna work out. I think Seattle playing at a high level, Geno Smith is playing at a high level. They 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 are a more talented football team than the Giants are, right? And right now they're humming. They're just playing good ball. Um, so I, I feel pretty good about saying that. And Giants, obviously, they have to beat Washington. It's going to come down to beating Washington the following week after playing the Eagles. And that will decide their playoff future. I don't think Detroit will uh, win out because they have to win out, basically. Um, and the Giants control their fate, right, with the, with the game against Washington. This game against the Eagles, if they get it, that's great. If the Giants, if Giants somehow win this game this weekend, it would really it would ice things. It would really set them up nicely. But Let's be real. In a real, it, it's, this, this is real life. So I think they're obviously going to have to win a game against Washington to, you know, decide their fate. Um, and that's really what we're looking at. Um, I think that's that's the biggest thing. But the Seattle for sure is going to get in. They're they're playing too high, too high of a level, and everything is they're just humming. They're playing good ball. It's, it's, there's no other way to put it. And Geno's has been incredible. It hasn't stopped. It's not a fluke. He keeps playing well. There's no there's no trickery here. He's dropping back, making the throws, making the layer throws. I talk about making all the big plays. He's for real. He's for real their franchise quarterback, which is actually crazy, but that's where we are. So I think that they did, for sure they're getting it. For sure they're getting it. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Seattle and the Giants. I do want to shout out to, though, like Dan Campbell, how the Lions have been playing. Like, if they played like this a little bit earlier, they probably get into the playoffs. Yeah. But the way he's got them playing at O-line – my goodness, yep. they was in that offense was in cruise control. Yep. Dan Campbell, this is one of those situations where it's like, all right, the results don't match up, but Dan Campbell is he's going to have a job for years to come in Detroit. They play hard. It's not this, these, this is not the same Detroit Lions. Like a lot of people was laughing, oh yeah, tone pick the Lions to beat the Bills on Thanksgiving. They almost did. Mm-hmm. We we we've, we've known lines on Thanksgiving. That's the time where you can eat your food, take a nap, because you know it's about to be a blowout. It's not the same. It's not the same Detroit lines. Week fourteen, looking ahead, Miles ain't on the show, but of course, this is one of the big games next week, especially for them because they might be. I think it's between them and Baltimore might fall out of the playoffs. Jets at Buffalo. Who y'all got winning this one? I got Buffalo. Got to Buffalo, and no, I got Buffalo. Just, just because. Look, I think the Buffalo defense is going to disguise some things and get Mike White a little confused. We we saw him throw two picks this past week, after having that that great game a week ago, right? And 
people people were high to talk talk highly about him after after that one game but we all said let's see how he does you know the following week and, and we saw he, did, he didn't play bad like horribly I'll say but he didn't look great either right he didn't look like he could be the future quarterback of the New York Jets so I think Josh Allen it's it's getting towards the end of the year Josh Allen tends to play his best football towards the end of the year sort of Stefan Diggs Gabriel Davis all them boys um I, I think the Bills are going to come out on top with these I, I agree. <laughs> I don't think I, I, they're going to be pissed off. They want revenge. Uh, they lost a game they shouldn't have lost. They gave one away to them earlier this season. I don't see how the Jets win this game. I think the Jets are, again, they, they're a really good team outside of quarterback. They're a quarterback away. That's it. Yep. You gotta, they, they're going to have to really, you know, look look inwards and in this offseason really explore all their options to get a, get a quarterback in there that can help win a championship. Because right now, Mike White – Michael was never the answer. It was full, full hardy game. He played against the what's it called? The uh, the Bears. The Bears. Bears. Yeah, oh, yeah, when he played that great game, it was it was it was just it was trickery. You know, he tricked us. You know, he was he's an Instagram thought. That's what Mike White is. He's Instagram thought. He, that's all he is. So I I I'm not surprised that he went out there and played well against a team that literally was running guys off the street. I think I was out there for a couple snaps in that game, um, but. No, there's no chance. There's no chance. There's no chance that he's the answer for them long term at quarterback. It's just not going to work. So they got to go this offseason really dig deep and fight and get into the resources and get a quarterback. And you're not going to be able to draft one. So you got to get aggressive out there and see who you can get out there. And Jimmy's the end. We know Jimmy's out there. Derek Carr is less likely to be out there than we thought, if he, especially if he gets him in the playoffs, which is possible. Um, so you really have a slim market to pick from. Like maybe that Lamar trade is, is, is there, but Baker to New York. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe but that happens that's just more commercials for baker that's exactly, all I see yeah. that, miles yeah. would lose he would mind. he would make it here he would not last he would not last two weeks with this media they would kill him he would he would not make it i'm him telling and, him and zach wilson be best buddies they, they would be <laughs> yeah. best of friends i got the bills winning but i do gotta say like it's the jets have one of the best offensive lines when it comes to running the ball and they have a great scheme and system Brees Hall is out. Michael Carter has a great two couple of games. Michael Carter gets in there. Bam Knight. Bam Knight for them. The two games that he started, the man has 159 rushing yards. Yeah. The Jets O-line. Yeah. When it comes to running, is an elite offensive line, and they definitely have a good scheme over there. Because they're just plugging and playing running backs at this point, which kind of comes from that San Fran type of mindset of we gonna run the ball, and it seems like you could plug, you could plug my unborn son in the in, in there, and they gonna be able to get a hundred yards. So I was about to say this is where Greg inserts himself and says he could go back there and get a hundred fifty yard game. Probably could. And no, he's, he's the crazy part about this is I probably could. I probably get like a fifty yard game. With the way they plug out holes, with the way, but the reality is like they're a quarterback away. When you have a run game like that, you have defense like that, your deep Sauce Gardner's allowed like one first down all year. Like when you have a cornerback like that, and then DJ Reed on the other side playing good football too, you're just you're just one person away, one quarter, one a quarterback away, and you're you're good. And he doesn't need to be great, but he can't be Mike White. You know what I mean? Like Mike White ain't he ain't it. He's a journeyman. Mike White is cute. Like it ain't. That's not that's not what's gonna get the job done. So Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the most likely target, the most realistic target, anyways, for them. And 
you know, that should be interesting. They'll win more games. Browns at Bengals. Uh, I'll take the Bengals in that game. I need you to start saying that with some confidence because this is getting real disrespectful. You, you, look, up the, you, you look up the you sky lose. and then you think and you say, oh, I guess I'll take the Bengals. No. It's a divisional game. I don't like picking divisional games. I, just like, just like I, I'm going to pick the Eagles, but nothing would surprise me in that game. They could tie. Nothing will surprise me. The Giants played down to those freaking commandos last week. Because we're talking about the Giants. We're not, we're not talking about the – They're both playing divisional games. It's, an, it's, a, it's a relevant example. You guys could easily lose that game. And if you do, you're going to come back with that same with the hat on or it's going to be off. You're going to have the hat on. I'm going to come back with the hat on. Look, look, the, the, the Bengals could, could get blown out on, on Sunday against Cleveland, right? I'm still going to have confidence in this team just because of what we did last week. Hey. I know what Greg's saying, it is all valid. Individual games typically are played closer. Typically, it's unknown, and the stuff that you think wouldn't happen happens. But the way the Bengals are playing, I can see this being at a double-digit win for Cincinnati. And I have no belief in Deshaun Cosby. No. Maybe next week he'll play better. Nah. We're gonna get hit with a lawsuit. Don't keep calling. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it fair to call to, to say that people would be justified in rooting against Deshaun Watson? I mean, you saw he was getting booed. It was people, some of the people that accused him was at the game. And you can't tell me the NFL ain't purposely set it up for that to be the game that he came back in. Nobody was paying right. attention to that game. You had Bengals and Cheese was on. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody was thinking about Deshaun being back in the league. Most people didn't even really bring it up. Some some places brought it up to talk about, hey, you know, how long do we forgive Deshaun and how long do we move on from his situation? I'm, I'm gonna say like that. That's the question, right? Like, what's the what's the statute of limitations on this? How long do you stay mad if someone did something so crazy? And some people continue to deny it publicly, anyways. Too, I think that's the crazy part: um, the the denial of it publicly. Um, it is probably what people find more offensive than anything else. But yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't, I don't, I don't root for that team. I don't root for Deshaun, so I don't really care. I don't have a rooting interest, but I just want to know how long it's going to be before people really, if he ever lives this down, does he ever live it down? The thing is, I don't think he ever is going to live it down because look at, for example, Mike Vick. Mike Vick never really got to live it down. And Mike Vick was a, went on a whole apology tour once he got out of jail mike vick was way more yo i'm sorry i i'm a better person i've changed he actually was remorseful deshaun ain't on up to nothing yet funny because what vick did wasn't as serious as what deshaun did i feel good saying that that's not controversial at all and the reaction, I remember the reaction of Vic was so much like worse. Vic's, Vic's re, the reaction of Vic was so much worse than it was to Deshaun Watson. That's all I'm going to say. So much worse. And, and it's not the same. They're not equivalent. I'm talking about people getting hurt here with Deshaun Watson and animals getting hurt. Now I love dogs, but animals getting hurt here with Michael Vic. And the reaction with Vic, I, like, I can remember, I was young and I can still remember how just how big of a deal it was, how everyone was talking about it, how I had teachers telling me like oh can you believe that Michael Vick like I remember you I remember even hearing that like you know what I mean but Deshaun Watson situation was oh you know whatever it, it felt like that 
like it wasn't whatever but it was it just wasn't the same it wasn't the same level of like just outrage in the in the, in the public eye so i find it really interesting that's my that's literally how i view it it's like mike vick situation was nowhere near as serious but they kept that going on so if they kept that going on i'm confident they're gonna keep the deshaun watson situation going on and at the end of the day it's we don't condone it but he still is a black man so this is gonna come up regardless for you was a black man and you actually did something wrong like <laughs> this no, is fact. this that's is smut this is smut on your name forever mm-hmm. yeah. That's facts. That's facts. That's good. I mean, that's I don't disagree. I don't think Chris disagree. Chris is staying quiet because he want he want to keep his brand clean. That's why he's not saying shit. You said I want to keep my brand clean. Chris not trying to say that. But Chris nah, don't talk. No, Chris don't trust no explosive con- uh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> he said away from that. You didn't touch that. She'd be like, "No, nah, I'm quiet." Nah, y'all, y'all boys hit the nail on the head. <laughs> now we mentioned we talked about that. Deshaun, Mike Vick. Fair or foul, Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State to go to Colorado. Me and Chris are very intrigued to hear what Greg's viewpoints on this situation is. I have my own viewpoints. I actually, it actually came up in conversation at work today with one of my coworkers. But I, I literally told my coworker, "Yo, I can't wait for the night. I, I, I can't wait to hear what Greg wants to say." Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for it. And Greg, if you're not ready, let me know. I'll, I'll take the floor first. But I'm I'm always ready. It's just you know I think this is a little more complicated than just being upset. You know because you you see a headline, you get upset about it. Like yeah, you could you could get upset that Deion Sanders left after building up building up this HBCU Jackson State into this powerhouse, right? A team where did 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 they even lose? They may have lost a game when he was there, maybe one. Um, I might even be misquoting it, but yeah, you build them up, you know, you, you get them the Under Armour deal, they get fresh jerseys, you, you rebuild the locker room, you give up your salary, you do all these amazing things, you sign a deal with American Airlines to fly these kids out, you know, pub, you know, so they're not flying with just among the masses, the games, um, you get, you make sure they have suits, <laughs> you do a deal with Michael Strahan, they get suits, they did a lot of really good things for that, for that school, and I get the frustration, I get it, I, because I was reading an article today, and it was like, you know, you, he leaves this this powerhouse HBCU to go to a team a team in Colorado that can't even hold its own water, right? This whack program, like really, like they haven't been good, right? And it's just like it, it reinforces this idea that the white man's ice is colder than the black man's ice, right? Like it's just like it's just better on the with with white people than it is with black people. It just kind of feels that way, um, and I can see how it comes off that way. But I don't know. I I have a hard time faulting him because. He has a son involved in all this. I think the son plays a big role in all this, and people realize. I don't. I, and again, I, I don't. I don't. I think Dion makes a lot of decisions for himself. I think Dion loves attention, too. Two kids and yeah, two, two kids, kids, right? Well, well the, the, the Shador, Shador, from what I understand, is a better player, right? He has a chance to really do this thing. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe the safety. Hey, really Shiloh oh, nice, so, nice had DB too. Shiloh's nice. Oh, so basically, what you're telling me because Shiloh isn't as good, he should negate Shiloh. You should. <laughs> I'm not telling you that at all. You saying you saying he should leave Shiloh at Jackson State? I think he I think he made a joke about that. He made a joke. He's like, I might leave him at Jackson State. He did say that, by the way. Um, yeah, he, he, I, he, he, said, he said, I ain't bringing Shiloh out because Shiloh in the doghouse right now. Yeah, he said that. He did say that. But in all seriousness, I mean, he's got a kid here who's involved in getting him more exposure, getting him 
um, playing against higher higher level D1 schools is going to be important for that kid to get a chance to go to the NFL, which I'm sure is what this is all about. I mean, I think Dion probably started coaching because of his son. He was coaching him all throughout his life. And in high school, he coached him, right? Through, through grade school, Papa Warner, I'm sure he's coaching him. So I think that's where it started. And so when you look at him, him making a move like this, it's bigger than Jack State for him because it's about his kid. That's, that's the way I see it, right? So I think it's two sides. So I think it's about his kid. I think it's about putting his kid first. And you guys can speak to it because you guys got you, you, you got Omari on the way, Antonio, and you got a kid already. Chris, I can't speak on that. I can't speak on no kids. But what I can tell you is that people love their kids more than they love themselves a lot of times, right? When you have a kid, from what I understand, from what I've been told through the grapevine. And I think that this is pro a prime and shining example of that. I think that's really what this is coming down to. He's got a kid in yeah, I like that you said that. I also think, though, if it was, I, I do think that that is a contributing factor. I don't think it's the main factor. I think it was, if it was a, a bigger factor, we would have heard heard that. That's an easy out for Deion Sanders to give, right? I, I think we would have heard him say, "Look, you know, this is about my my children and setting them up for success too," right? I think he would have made that known. For for me, when I think about this, I, I'm in agreement with you. I I think it's very hard to fault him, even though you know as a black community that most people want to, right? Because you feel like he didn't finish what he started at Jackson state, but from the outside looking in, he elevated that program year after year. He brought attention to that program by bringing in top recruits. He dedicated himself day in and day out to building that program to what it was. You talked about the suits that he got the kids. The one thing that makes Deion Sanders great is he cares about the kids that he's around, right? He said something in this press conference. I think it was today. He said, Hey, just because I'm leaving Jackson State, don't mean I don't care about African Americans, right? Like, pe people are trying to make it seem like he don't care about Black people because he he's leaving Jackson State University. But at the same time, like, he did exactly what he set out to do. Like, he didn't have to be there in the first place, and that's what we need to appreciate about Deion Sanders is that, it, like you said, he gave up his salary. He didn't have to be there. He went there to change. He went. You, you talked about a whack program. Jackson State was a whack program. It was whack. It was nothing before Deion Sanders got there, and he did it because he cared about those kids, and he wanted to change the culture there, and he laid out the blueprint for the next head coach. So if you think about it, the next head coach, he set them up for success. He said, you come in. I showed you how to get it done. I showed you that you can win here. Come in. Follow the steps that I laid out, and this can continue to be a winning program even though I'm not here. Now let me take myself put myself in another challenging situation at Colorado and try to rebuild that program on a bigger stage. That way I can create, and this is, this is the point that I'm trying to make right here. What people are failing to understand is that Deion Sanders going to Colorado, he's going to a power five school, right? If he's successful there and we should all want him to be successful. If he's successful there, he's creating opportunity for more African-American coaches at that, at those bigger programs. That's why I'm so like, annoyed with people talking about oh he's selfish no he's not he did what he was supposed to do at Jackson State he did everything he was supposed to do and more he didn't have to be there in the first place we need to be grateful that someone of his stature with his name with everything that he's accomplished in his life took time it took everything out of you know his time to, to go there and, and change the culture there I need Chris to say that real quick so now, now I'm gonna respond and Antonio it's all you I just wanted to respond to what he said because my thoughts are now running through my head so clearly now on a, on a topic that I hadn't thought that much about, uh, like in depth. But for starters, the, the, I think understanding the outrage is important. The reason why people are upset at him is because black people tend to put way too much pressure on black public figures in general because black people don't have 
they don't have that hope. They don't have it. They don't have it, right? So there's a lot of there's people looking at Deion Sanders like he's a savior. That's the savior complex that, that exists within all Black prominent figures. It's the Barack Obama syndrome. It's the LeBron James syndrome. It's why when things happen, the people look to LeBron to speak on it. Maybe you shouldn't be speaking on it, but you look to him to speak to these things because who else is going to do it, right? How many yeah. black people are out there to do that stuff? So when you look at Deion Sanders in this situation and you see all this outrage, it's because people are like, hey, somebody will tell you that, de- that desegregation was a bad thing because they wanted their own. They want their own, right? They're like, we were more successful on our own. It's, it's the same concept with this HBCU thing, honestly. It's like, all right, we got, we got a bunch of schools, a bunch of HB, HBCUs out here, a bunch of schools where it's predominantly Black and we have no notoriety. We have the Black, black, black players in football and basketball dominate the sports, but we, we aren't good. We aren't good at the sports because we're going to all these Power 5 schools, these, what, what do we call them, P, PWIs? Right, these public white institutions, they're going to all these schools and they're for funneling all of our talent to them instead of instead of investing in ourselves. The problem with black and it's and it's a societal issue is like, oh well, we should invest in ourselves, we should invest in black owned business, we shouldn't go to the Chinese food spot, we shouldn't go to the hair, we should own hair salon. You know, like it's the same thing, it's it's the same overarching conversation, right? And that's why you see all this outrage. Now, is it fair? In in nature, it's not fair, it's not fair to put that much pressure on any one person. The burden to bear. It's, it's, it's not, but you, you can also make a case that it, when you get to a certain level as a black person, understanding the plight, when you understand your history and understand the plight of black people in America, you, you got to wear it a little bit too. Like it's just a part of it. It's just a part of being black in America. Well, it's he, did. Of, he did. Black, black people America. aren't a pre, Brett, black people always want more. That's the problem. That you you can't, they, they not, they not, we, we not satisfied with, with what we got from him. Like appreciate, we need to appreciate that he even came to Jackson State in the first place and and put HBCUs on the map. Let's be real; that's what he did. But he did he because at the end of the day, no one can replicate what he did. You can't hire another coach like Deion Sanders who's going to come in and do what he did. You don't. He doesn't. No one else has. There's not many other guys in the world that have those kind of connections within the football spaces to go get a deal with American Airlines, to go get an Under Armour deal. Who, who are you going to hire? Who Michael Strahan? Like, what, what are we talking about? You're not going to. You're not going to find guys uh, off of trees that can do what Deion Sanders did. Deion Sanders needs to be. He people looked at him and said, "Okay, he's the he's the first big drop in the bucket." And now, because he's under the Jackson State, we're going to get another guy who wants to compete with him, and they're going to start a rivalry, and then we're going to have a, a, just a completely this this space of HBCU sports will change completely. Think about it, like Mikey Williams, Mikey Williams talking about, oh, I'm gonna, I'm thinking about HBCUs, and he goes and commits to Memphis anyways. Like, you know what I mean? Like these guys won't ever actually could talk about doing it. Deion Sanders was the first guy to get a big guy, Travis Hunter, to, to go down. I mean, that's huge. Getting a, a, a number one recruit, you could have gone anywhere in the country. He went there. He plays both sides of the ball like Deion did. He got him to go there. Now that Deion left, that kid left the HBCU. He's gone, right? So it's like all the work you've done. You've almost undone a lot of it because the notoriety leaves with you. Yeah, you, these kids have these kids at Jackson State are well off. They have their they have their facility, they have their material things. But the thing that made it all work, the thing that all made it all magic, the thing that made it special was Deion Sanders, and it's gone. You know what, what I mean? What I'm hearing though, what I'm hearing, and and I I, I agree with you to a point. But what I'm so hearing, black people should want more. It, by the way, it, it, what happened? Black people should want more. By the way, black people should always want more. You should never settle for less. Black people should always want more. <laughs> Facts, but we also need to appreciate what we have when we have it. What I'm what I'm saying is, how can you appreciate what you have when it's, ne- when it's never been enough? It's not enough. Nah, we we need we need more black coaching candidates. Then we we need more player for, former players than that, that were athletes to, to get into coaching, right? What about Randy Moss? What about guys like that that can easily get into coaching? Why are we putting all this on Deion Sanders? Is it because he was the only one? So now he he has to he has to wear that. 
It's because of who he is, though. It's the stature he brings with it. It's who he carries an aura with him. It's Deion Sanders. That means something. That means a lot more than it does with anybody else. That's why it's, you can't replicate what he did. It's, it's, it's damn near impossible. It, somebody can come along and, and, and grace their, their grace Jackson State with their, with their presence and really bring it back to prominence. But let's be real. We, we all know what's going to happen. That's not going to happen. It, it left with him. We're not going to. We're not talking about Jackson State anymore. They're not going to be in the papers anymore. No one's going to talk about the, the, in the media. No one's going to talk about Jackson State. No one cares. It, it, we only talked about it because of Deion Sanders. We didn't even talk about his son. We talked about Deion Sanders. That's gone. And with that went all the notoriety for HBCU football. And that's why it's frustrating because Black people, again, another example of how we couldn't build our own. You know, they thought we had a chance. They felt like we had something going there. And it's gone. And so I can see the frustration. I get, I, like I said, I see it from both sides. I see it from a selfish perspective from Deion Sanders where it's like, hey, do what's best for you, man. I get it. But don't think people are going to be mad at you. And don't think they're not justified to be mad at you. They are justified. It is fair to be upset at Deion Sanders to an extent, but you let it, you know, he did what he did. We, we move on. If I'm Deion, I don't owe y'all jokers nothing. If yeah. I don't owe y'all jokers nothing. And yeah, man, respect yeah. from day one, though, what it seems like people are forgetting. He told y'all Negroes, if the right opportunity presents itself, I'm gone. Hey, hey, that clip Ball said about next Friday, that thing had me wrong. He said, I got my check and I was gone. <laughs> like, bro, people don't, I agree on a, on a certain level with what Chris was saying. People don't appreciate what he did. The yeah. man was getting paid 1.2 million. You know, he put half of his salary into the actual school mm -hmm. into getting different things before the deals came. Mm -hmm. So for people to be like, oh yeah, he left for, for the money. You think you think Dion need the money? You think you think that's what it's really about? And if I'm Dion, I don't gotta tell y'all Negroes a darn thing. I can see from the outside looking in, this was I was thinking of a master plan. Thinking of this from yo, I have a son. The man has thrown seventy four touchdowns in, in his college career so far, and he ain't on no no draft boards. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody thinking about no Shador. What's a Shador? What what are you talking? Is that a, a some type of furniture? Ain't nobody thinking about his son. I bring him to Colorado. He plays well. Now, oh, he's in the league. Shiloh, if he gets out the doghouse. Oh, now he's in the league. <laughs> That's how I And, hey, I'm at Colorado now. A booty behind program. I get them into prominence. You know what that does? For you ignorant jokers that's so mad at Dion. I didn't open the door for y'all Negroes to get a coaching job at a top top school team. Yes, yes. What are y'all talking about? Y'all Negroes forever complaining. And one thing that nobody is talking about. Hey, Dion was doing great things at HBCU. You know, still nobody got from an HBCU got drafted. So Dion, as great as Dion was doing, Dion still wasn't able to change the whole totality of what the issue is with HBCUs. I think it would change. It, it was still, but the thing is, how long? That's the thing where it's such a tough conversation within the black community. How long am I supposed to stay, nigga? How long? How long am I supposed to stay? You could tell you could tell Tone wanted to have this conversation. Oh, today. yeah, I, I had it from you take this angle though, but it, it, and it's fair and it's fair because how, how saying, long? Right? Even, even I said it's both sides. It's the it's the, it's the I see it both sides of it, but I'm really riding with Dion because it's like 
we put these people on a pedestal and act like they're supposed to save and change everything. Like LeBron I'm going sorry. to Miami, right? LeBron going to Miami. He got them some chips. He got them some chips and he bounced. Not the same. I'm sorry. Like, not the thing is, the same. Is, not the same. The thing what? Is, oh, like, when he did that. <laughs> not the same. That's okay. That's okay in my book. The thing is, right, I'm like, yo, I don't know if it's because how y'all grew up and y'all heard songs. One man could change it. No, no, one man can't change the world. Dion was there, and the thing is, was what? This is why I see both sides of it. Greg, what he said was saying was true. You know, Eddie George been coaching at HBCU. Ain't nobody was, ain't nobody was doing no documentary on Eddie George. Right. So y'all stop with the, the hero complex. Dion did the best he could do, and now Dion had to do the best for him and his family and move on. I'm sorry, my people. I led you out of Egypt. Now it's on y'all Negroes. Right. I can't, Dion couldn't do but so much. Even if Dion said, I'm going to stay here till I die. Y'all know that the bigger issue is that across the board, like I said, Shador has 74 touchdowns. Yo, if, if the Shador level of competition, if the, Shador competition. Put up the same numbers he put up this year, if he puts those numbers up at Colorado, he in the Heisman conversation. He may, he's winning the Heisman. And this is the thing. I'm like, Greg, what you, you talked about this last episode. Jackson State, he built it up beautifully. Who he playing against? Yeah. Nobody is nobody else on the HBCU front that we're talking about that is doing what he did at the HBCU thing. So it's like Jackson State, I'm sure scouts would come look at Jackson State. I'm sure they was coming to check them out. But then everybody else in the grand scheme and the big picture thing, I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit. I get I get the frustration, but let's look big picture and let's remember. He told y'all from day one. It's just, it's just important. It's just important to remember that even with everything you guys are saying, understand that understand what goes into that mentality of black people being so upset. I think that's what I, I I explained it right. It's just every black leader black people have had every every single black prophet, so to speak, every single black face that people can look to and and see themselves in in in, in a prominent way. A lot of them been either been killed. It didn't work how they wanted the way they, the way they wanted it to. Right. In terms of what the, because the expectations are so high. That's why people talk about Barack Obama the way they do. Like they love Barack Obama because he was that face. Right. You didn't you saw yourself in him and in such a high seat. It's not much different. It is. That's the crazy thing. You, it's sports, politics, no matter what is not. It's the reason why it's so emotion filled for black people is because of the fact that they don't get to see this often. And they thought they saw that they had something special brewing within their own community, within their own walls where they could have this competition and this this light brought to HBCU sports. And he'd done that for a short period of time. And they should be thankful for the fact that he was there. Yes, literally, literally they should be. But at the end of the day, because of the history of Black Americans in this country, that's part of the reason why they they feel the way they feel. They feel betrayed. They feel like the rug was pulled out from underneath them, right? Just because of the fact that they thought they had a chance at it. They thought it, they thought it was a chance that HBCU sports would be, brought, would be brought back to prominence and through Deion Sanders. And before it could even happen, he's gone. Because but you know what's of, also annoying? A whack-ass job called. Because it is a whack-ass job. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But you know what's also annoying? The same jokers complaining on social media, they don't tune into HBCU sports, even with Deion Sanders there. They don't, they don't show support. They, they're just tuning in because it's a popular topic of a black man leaving to go to uh, a white institution to coach football, and it's Deion Sanders. They have 
they they don't care about HBCUs. They don't care about where Deion Sanders is coaching. They're just chiming in because they can. Half of these that's, people that's, do not tune in to Jackson State football to watch the games. That's what's annoying about it. You're right. That's right there. Because, because Deion, those same people would have literally would have complained if Deion ended up at Alabama. They'd be like, yeah. oh, well, he left for the bigger school. It would have been a complaint regardless. I mean, you heard it with the Obama thing, the conversation with Obama. By the second term, black people were like, well, he ain't my president. He ain't did nothing for black people. Bruh. It, it, it's some of, some of the some of the hardest people to actually like please are black people. Yeah, black people. Well, and because there's a history of them not being pleased. Facts. No one pleases them. Who pleases black people? <laughs> you know what I mean? How, how many times do black people actually win out here in life? Hey, not sports, not hosting a trophy. This is what I'm saying though. It's like I think it's something that obviously we will never have this, but it's like it's a conversation that needs to be had in the community because even on a, a very smaller scale, Greg is a coon because he said Kyrie was wrong. <laughs> hey, nah, he said they're family today. Well, Kyrie said that. I didn't say that. Kyrie, that was Kyrie's statement. He said, if you bought my, my apparel, my apparel at any point, we're family. And I have bought multiple Kyrie paraphernalia and items. So I guess we are family, right? Me, me and Hila are family. So he's got these West Orange get off me about that. Capital facts. Um, the Cowboys no longer actually need Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, that's facts. I don't know what the infatuation with them is. With it. I just think that Jerry has a thing for wanting superstar players. And he just sees how many jerseys he can sell because I don't get it. Offense, offense is not their problem. They, they don't have a problem scoring the ball. They don't. Their problem is they don't run the ball. They're not balancing up in their attack. They don't. They commit stupid penalties, right? And And what would I say? What would I say? It's not like I would say it's the big, and then also just coaching, coaching, right? You, you don't have a coaching edge in, in the playoffs. I don't think the problem has anything to do with who, with Dak having another receiver throw the ball to. It, it just doesn't. They have watched James Washington coming back. So what are you going to do with him? So in terms of scrappy, you're, you're, you're going you're to cut him so you can go help another team in the playoffs? I don't really understand the infatuation, especially considering that Odell is not guaranteed to play football this year. It makes even less sense because you're a win-now team. You're not a win-later team. You're a win-now team. So I really don't get it. I think Jerry Jones sees dollar signs. He sees Odell Beckham. He sees that he can sell a bunch of jerseys. He's going to pack some seats, more seats in, J- in Jerry World. And that's what this is about. I don't think it has anything to do with – I think it's less to do about football and more to do with him signing a guy who is one of the biggest stars in the world at the height of his, at the height of his superstardom. That's what it's about. I don't think it's about football. I don't, where do you need him from a, from a football standpoint? It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. They're not doubling CD because they can't double CD. You, you have Michael Gallup, you have Schultz, you have all these guys, Pollard. You're loaded offensively. You don't need them. It's me, though. It's not me saying that for the Giants, Casey. I'm being so – like, I don't understand from a Cowboys perspective. I don't see it. The Bills need him more than they do. The, the, the Chiefs could use him more than he does. The, the Ravens, got, for damn sure, could use him. So I really don't understand why the Cowboys need him. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think, as what you said, I think also I don't think – this could be negated. Like we probably say it's like 85, 15, 85% is the money aspect. 15%. I think it's also a, a spite thing to not have the giants. I think that's really what it is. You know, I really think that's a, it's a, that's a factor in it too. Cause it's like, yo, when I was a Cowboys fan, I hated, I hated seeing the giants. Cause <laughs> if, if, if Saquon and Odell was healthy, 
one or both of them jokers was getting a 50-yard breakout play some way, somehow. And it didn't matter if the game was over. It could have been 29 to 3. The game with two minutes left, Odell's going to get a 60-yard touchdown just because. I think that's a factor into it also. It's like, yo, if I could just not let the Giants be able to get him, I'm good. We'll figure – like, he even mentioned it. Basically, he, Jerry basically mentioned, like, we'll figure out how to use him. Literally said it on his radio show this week. We'll, fi- we'll figure out how to use him. They don't even know where they're going to put him. What? They don't, they don't even know where to put him. They don't even know what to do with him. Like, there is no strategy. Like, it's just, just – you're just going to have him out there as another receiver. And in fact, I think Odell would accentuate a problem with theirs. They throw the ball too much. They need to run the ball a little more, especially in the playoffs. And they're going to be in, inclined to throw the ball more instead of running the ball and relying on, on running the ball, running good, using good clock management and helping them seal away games. And they could blow some games because of it. I really believe that. I, I don't get it, bro. I think it is a spite thing and also Jerry Jones seeing dollar signs. What do you think, Chris? I think when healthy, OBJ is a luxury to have, right? So I think any team that has the affordable means to get him is going to do what they can to get him. And obviously, Jerry Jones has the affordable means to get OBJ. So, look, we, we know what he is when fully healthy, and uh, he's a playmaker at the end of the day. We, we've seen the catches that he's made. We, we know what he's able to do. He's, he's been successful in his career and really hasn't had a, had a bad season um aside from a slow start with the Browns when he was playing with Baker Mayfield but he'll fit in on that offense with with the Cowboys if need be Noah Brown's out there playing he'll take Noah Brown's spot take time away from him James Washington isn't even back it'll be him opposite side CD they may even put OBJ in the slot and and let him do his thing but I, I think Look, oh, I, I know where you're coming from too, because that, that that Giants fan peeking out right now. No, it's, it's not. That, it's, that's it's crawling out your back no, right now. I can see it's, it. It's really not. I can, it's, it's on it's, your shoulder right now. I, I see it, it. It's not. That's the thing. It's. I'm so serious. It's really not. I don't care where order. I'm so serious. I do not care where order. Beckham Jones. Hey, hey, Tom. I don't. When Greg brought up this topic today, I started laughing because I'm like, oh, here we go. He he gonna make a case as why the Giants need him more. I'm glad you ain't do that though. I don't have to make a case for it. You'd be an idiot to not know why the Giants need him more than the Cowboys. Any fool can see the Giants need him more. It's clear as day. The Giants don't know someone named Isaiah Hodgkins. We, we could name about five teams that probably need him more than the Cowboys. The but Cowboys, it ain't about that. The Cowboys don't need – I'm saying – that's the question is, do the Cowboys need him? I posed that question last night because I, I, after seeing him play, I'm like, they don't need this guy. They haven't yeah. needed him all year. That's not, that's not the solution to their problem. He doesn't make them any more Super Bowl bound than they were before. It is, he doesn't change their fortunes, especially since he cannot, he might not be able to play. That's important too. He may, he may not be able to play. If he doesn't go to the Giants, I'm not going to really, it's no sweat off my back. As, you know why I'm at as a Giants fan? Let's, let's, let's get to the playoffs while winning the least amount of games possible. And then <laughs> let's, let's assess the quarterback position. Okay, let's assess the quarterback. Let's, let's, let's talk about, let's have an honest conversation about where we have to go at the quarterback position. Because for me, if Giants move off with Daniel Jones, I am fine. I'm I will sleep at well at night. If they don't, I'll understand it too. But I think there's a conversation to be had about moving off Daniel Jones. And I I, I this quarterback's in the draft and I'm interested in. I, just just me. That's where I'm at. So Odell doesn't help me in that by my bottom line at all. It'd just be nice to have him back. It's a cool story. I think he knows that. And, and the Giants genuinely need him. But go wherever, man. Do your thing. I I don't because he might have been. You, you see where he's at tonight? Huh? You see where he's at tonight? He was going to visit them anyways. I knew that. No, no, no. Do you, do you see where he's at tonight? I went to a Mavericks game. Who cares? Like I said, it, it, all the public flaunting of him or in, in the media, 
you know what I mean, going to a Mavericks game, being very public, having him go out with the, with the Dallas players and all that stuff, it just reeks of Jerry Jones. It's just like you're not. That's bullshit. You're not serious. Excuse me, but that's BS. Because if he if he went to somewhere with with Saquon and Sterling Shepard and it was all over, he'd be the first one throwing that in the chat. First of, all, first of all, first of all, it's not the same. There's no history of doing stuff like that with the Giants. There's no history of it. There's a long history. And Twitter can tell you from, from a Cowboys fan perspective of their Jerry Jones doing things for the cameras. Not it's not about winning football games, it's about the cameras, it's about making money, it's about putting money in his pockets. He's a businessman. That's what it's about first with him. It comes that comes first. His bottom line comes first. That's why he don't speak about issues. That's why he told Dak, you ain't gonna need with all the well, Dak wasn't gonna need if he's a fucking coon. But the other guys weren't good. The other guys, you know what I mean? Like he 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 told them they, hey, my players aren't gonna kneel. It's about it's about the bottom line, it's about his money. So there's a history of him doing things just for the cameras, just for attention. And Odell Beckham brings attention to your team. If he does nothing else, he brings attention. Even if Odell never plays a snap for them, he makes some money. And that's what it's about. I really believe that. The sting of losing Jacob DeGrom is no longer a sting with the signing of Justin Verlander, which I believe it was a two-year 86 mil. Capper facts. I, I, I facts, but I didn't feel a sting in the first place. I, I wasn't as, as upset as every other Mets fan. I kind of expected him to leave, honestly, so I was preparing myself mentally for that. Um, Where he ended up going? Huh? Where he ended up going? The Rangers, who don't aren't a good team, yeah. at the bottom of the league, he went for the money. He went for a five-year right. deal for like two hundred plus million dollars, which also makes his thing less because you didn't even prioritize winning. And by the way, I didn't need you to do that to go there for me to see that because when you were here, you pitched five more innings more than my closer did. You he bare, he only contributed he's contributed five wins to the Mets' wins total this year. He wasn't he, he's not a guy who was available. He's getting older. Why would I want to go out my way to pay him? And he's great. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, one, he's the best pitcher I've ever seen in my life. I can say all those things and all those things can be true while also saying good, good job for the Mets to not cave in and pay him a ridiculous amount of money. There's no reason to do that. It didn't make sense. You know what I mean? So it's fine. I got, I, I, and, and I got, when I think about his Mets tenure and his, his legacy here, he's, he's an all-time great Mets. He, just, he deserves a statue. Fine. Give him one if you want to. I think you probably should, but we didn't win a world series with him. Uh, and, and, he played a factor in us not getting into the, getting into the getting far into the playoffs last year. I should say we got in, but obviously not getting far into it um, because of his his performances. So I, I'm I'm not I'm not overly upset about it at all. It actually, I actually saw the notification, looked at it for a second, and then went about my business. I didn't really even there was no mourning period for losing Odell for losing Odell for losing J- Jacob Degrom. There was no mourning period for losing Jacob Degrom at all for me. And, and for all the reasons I said, he's just not a guy who's been available. <clears throat> also, why the hell would you need to go to tech that the Rangers? The Rangers are terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Just like you can't make it, you can't make it make sense. So I just I choose not to dwell on it. It's not a thing that matters that much. I think it's a huge signing too to have Justin Verlander. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a way better, um, better situation. And I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure that old man is about to throw the game. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, especially winter meetings, and whatnot, see what else the Mets do in free agency with some signs because y'all owner his pockets is deep yeah. next chapter facts this came from one of our followers a part of the bench mob fan underscore never miss 23 shout out to will Giannis will be the best power forward of all time capper facts huh. 
Oh, I struggle with this one. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not like cut and dry easy for me to say that because I'm obviously not the biggest. You know, I'm I'm not the biggest Giannis fan in the world, but I understand and appreciate his greatness. I can say that, and both things can be true. But I saw a more talented player than him play his position at in real time. Anthony Davis is more talented than him. All, all it is with Anthony Davis is, hey, can you stay healthy? You roll, you roll out of bed and can play every game. Oh my God, the player you have in Anthony Davis is incredible as we're all seeing. So. I struggle to say that because Giannis could win six championships and I would, I would still feel like I saw a more talented player play, you know, at the same time as him when he was at his peak. So I struggle with that a lot. Um, I think in the eyes of the public, you, you probably will have a guy in Giannis who you, people will say is the greatest power forward ever, but I won't say that. Like in some basketball, there'll be a segment of basketball fans who will never give him that title. Um, not because he isn't deserving per se, but I mean, it's just, I, again, it would, Andy Davis is incredible. And if he can just string together some healthy seasons, my God, you're going to see something you haven't seen before in a player. Because there's no defense for that. There's, and there's no defense to be honest either. But for very different reasons. And I think I think that's the thing that really wows me about Anthony Davis is the way he goes about doing it, as opposed to Giannis. But there's no right, right or wrong way at the same time. Um, it's more complete to me. It's It's a little tough for me. I still would probably have to go Timmy. Tim Duncan, I think, still would be the greatest power forward of all time. The most talented probably would be AD. And then the most skilled and talented would be AD. And then Giannis would probably be the, like, the most successful power forward of all time. That's if he even gets – Timmy's the most successful right now and the greatest because he won five, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, so, Timmy, Timmy I, people forget because he, he came to work. He did his job. He wasn't rah-rah. He didn't talk trash. Jokers was talking about his his mom on Mother's Day that passed, and this Joker didn't really get riled up. So people forget, and people get bored with consistent greatness. Uh Tom, what separates separates Giannis from – or AD from Giannis? The shot-making ability? Hands down. Hands down. Giannis still – respectfully, Giannis still can't shoot. Giannis is whole in his game. He is whole, he can't shoot free throws, and he's not a particularly good perimeter shooter either. And I and on perimeter defense, he's he's pretty good. Like defensively, he's a strong player. He's a very good player. But I just I struggle with that. Like there's no way to guard anything when he's when he's good and he's going. He makes your team almost unbeatable, as you can see with the Lakers. He's coming up a lot of holes in the Lakers roster right now. The way he's playing, he's playing so well. MVP. Uh, MVP level. He's the best player in the basketball. He's the best player in the world right now. Anthony Davis is the best player in the world right now. Right now. At this very moment. Better than Jason Tatum. Oh, my God. Tom Brady does it again. Brady is, yeah, man. But they're going to they're gonna limp into the playoffs and get beat. They're not going to. They're going to lose. I was say, yeah, they're playing against the Saints, bro. Yeah, they're not of playing. Of course. Dude, the fact that it came to this. Right. right. It's, it's, it should, it's not impressive at all. It doesn't mean anything. Hey, Tom, Tom needed this more than the football team did, actually. This is, this is, he, he needed to win. He's been losing as of late in his, in his personal life. So this was big, this was big for him to get this win and to win this way. He had the game winning touchdown. Ah, oh. feel good for him. You mentioned AD and how great he's been playing. Are the Lakers, with how they've been playing lately, do you think that the Lakers are – have they figured it out now? they won eight of their last ten games. AD is playing like the MVP. This year, once that one point out before 
Greg, Chris, take over how they feel about the Lakers. He's shooting 53% of his shots at the rim compared to 32% last season. This is his highest percentage since he was 19-year-old rookie. I mean, I think they found him that's sustainable for sure. It's just about health now because I think people forgot how good of a, of a good of a tandem you have. You have the best duo in basketball when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy. So, regardless of what's going on around them, if you have those two guys humming, you're going to win a ton of games. You're going to you're going to win playoff series even with deficiencies in your roster. Now, what this allows the Lakers to do is get a, a bit more aggressive, right, around them and still get more shooting and do these little things they need to do while winning games. You know. Um, so I think the Lakers have found something. There's a real recipe here. And Austin Reeves, like, it's, it's in the role players. It's not just how great Anthony Davis is, because I can sing his praises all day, or LeBron. We know how great they are. But it's in the role players. It's in Austin Reeves being better, making more threes, being a better playmaker, just looking great out there, um, being making the hustle plays, winning the 50-50 balls for them, and, and also just being a skilled offensive player. He's doing a good job. Lonnie Walker has been an unsung hero, knocking down threes at a nice clip. Uh, getting to the basket, finishing with con uh, with contact. He's doing a great job running the break. He gets them out in the break. They do a great job of getting the ball off the glass and running the break. They do it better than most teams in the NBA. And defensively, they were always strong to begin with, right? So their defense travels, and then you have the offense coming alive now because Anthony Davis is being is, is Anthony Davis, and LeBron is himself, right? So it, it's they found something they can they can really have a recipe to win games, and they can do this all year as long as those guys stay healthy. It's a big caveat we know, but I think that. Anthony Davis is, is playing at a level that I personally think is even higher than the level he played at when they won their championship. And during that championship run, to your point, it was a lot of jump shots. That was where the magic was for him, was making jumpers. This year is just pure domination, physical domination every single night in the paint. And then he's sprinkling the three-point ball. And you, you know the three-ball now is falling. The confidence is crazy. So it, it's it's long, long. And then Russell Westbrook, I, I, I want to give him his credit. He's been amazing, playing great basketball. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know if they'll still trade him. But who knows? Because he's playing so well. Um, but you found something that can work and it can be sustainable. I had a long answer to a short question, but yeah. The thing too, I think, as of right now, we all know that they're probably going to make a trade, but they still, even with the great play, they're still only a 10 C right now. But they're five and a half out, out of first, and I think they're a game and a half out of AFC. So, they could go on a little run and actually out of the Tim seed, they could go on a little run. I think for them to actually call it successful, they can't be a playing team this year. They yeah. have to get a top seven seed, which depending on who they trade is possible. Close off the show. Who are y'all favorites, MVP favorites, NFL, NBA? We're going to start off NFL. Who's your MVP favorites in the NFL? Pat Mahomes, <laughs> I know it's weird to say that after he lost, but he's been the best quarterback in football this year. And then, and then Jalen Hurts is in the conversation too. Um, NBA, right now, Anthony Davis has to be in the conversation. I don't care if you're the 10th seed. He has to be in the conversation. He'll he'll continue to play well. I think he's in it. Um, and then Jason Tatum is probably the easy answer. Jason Tatum, right, the favorite guy, the guy who has the most wins. So I think those two two guys from each league that I would say are in that conversation um, for sure. I'd agree with Jason Tatum for for football though. Mahomes? Nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. You you got it, Mahomes. Yes. Look, look. 
All I'm saying, Joey B in that conversation. I don't care what no one says. Joey B is elite. He's shown it this year. He's shown it last night. Joey B is elite. He makes good decisions. He can do some crazy things with the football. I'm saying Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joey B. In that order. Okay. NFL. Um, don't have any disagreement with any of the names y'all said. I'm gonna throw a name out there that I think should get MVP conversation. Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill yeah. has to be in there. And I think this is a year where we can have another opportunity where it's not a quarterback winning MVP. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I'd like I'd like to see it. Like Joe Burrow respectfully. Timothy balling did this balling. Pat Mahomes, same thing. Conversation with Tim Duncan. We don't want to not appreciate greatness, but this is Pat Mahomes on a consistent basis. Tariq Hill, mm. respectfully, with Tua as his QB, is balling out, and nobody thought. Nobody thought before the season started that this would happen because he left Pat Mahomes. On the NBA front, of course, Jason Tatum, Giannis, AD. I'm going to throw a name in there that's not being mentioned enough. I think you got to put, if you want to put AD in there, we're talking about a Tim C. Tyrese Halliburton. They uh-huh. have a better record. They're 12 and 11, I believe. They were supposed to be tanking. They not tanking no more. They, they aren't they aren't taking it. And if you look at his stat line, his stat line is exactly the same, except for a couple of couple of different stats as the Steve Nash year that he won MVP. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's putting up MVP numbers, man. I'm not I'm not even saying I didn't say his name. I should have. Tyrese, because of course we could say Giannis, Tatum, yeah, AD, that. Joker. Luca, which I'll end the show. Luca will never win a championship the way he plays ball. Mm-hmm. He is Luca is the white James Harden. Mm-hmm. Luca Doncic is the white James Harden from Houston. He will never win a championship at all. And honestly, I think he's gonna go through the same thing that Kobe went through at one point. I don't want to go play in Dallas. I don't want to go play with Kobe because I ain't gonna touch the rock. <laughs> Luca's gonna go through this, gonna go through the same thing. But the thing is on this show, everybody touched the rock and everybody stay ready. Because if you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. Bench mob ENT, we out. Peace. Peace.